We all do it. We scroll through our feeds, seeing people who have been in and out of our lives. We see their causes, beliefs, and sometimes even a moral compass, show-offs. I don't know about you, but I'm interested in the story behind the pictures. I think it's time to have a conversation. I'm very eager for everyone listening to get to know today's guest. Last year, at roughly this exact time, she was dealing with one of the lowest spots in her life. She reached out to me and made it clear that it was her purpose and a priority to share her story in hopes that if even one person was listening, that this would help them. How could I say no to that? Welcome to the show, Cassandra. Hi, thank you. Yeah, this is a really um, serendipitous that we're recording this episode today because it's almost a year ago um, that life was really a struggle for you, correct? Yes, you're right. I was thinking about it today when I was driving home. Um, You know, I've been thinking about what am I going to say? What am I going to talk about? And it's just, it's amazing how much my life has changed. Um, I want to say, I think it was this upcoming Sunday would be a year since I was um, released from the hospital. And I don't know, do I get into that right now? Do we yeah, just go right yeah, yeah. It? <laughs> why don't, why don't you um, tell us a little bit about last year and what led you to want to share your story? Let's start there. So, um, okay. So last year, a little bit of a backstory. It was um, March, I think, of last year. I had been diagnosed with endometriosis about uh, five or six years ago. Okay. Um, I, for those of you who don't know what it is, it's um, a disease where your body grows this tissue in places where it's not supposed to be. And in a um, it, in my case, that well, in any case, I guess the tissue, if like when you um, ovulate once a month it'll bleed like your regular, you know, ovulation or your mm-hmm. period. Um, it'll bleed wherever it's at in your body. So it causes a lot of pain. Um, I was having cysts that were rupturing, causing scarring on top of scarring. And mm-hmm. I got to the point where um, everything was so scarred up that I was really, I was disabled by it. And um, really anything was really painful to do. So I was in a really, really bad place medically. Um, because of it, I lost my job. Because of that, my family had a lot of financial pressure. We had to move. I mean, it just totally threw my life upside down. And the whole four or five years leading up to this weren't exactly easy either. So I found myself, um, I had just turned 31 that year. Yeah, 32, I think I had just turned. And they were scheduling me for a hysterectomy. We'd been trying to have a baby for five years. It was just really sad. Um, And... I got caught up in that. I mean, I've, I've always struggled with mental health and depression my whole life. Um, but it was just, the, just I couldn't stand how sad the, everything that was happening around me was. Yeah. Um, and then there was a lot, you know, my family was having a hard time understanding what I was going through and how they needed to be there for me. And that caused a lot of problems in my family. Well, not problems, but hiccups, uncomfortable, yeah. awkward you know, things we'd never been through. Yeah. How do you deal? Um, Exactly. No one had been through it before. So you don't know how to navigate it. Exactly. So it was really hard. And um, it was this time last year, my husband and I weren't, we weren't in a good place together. um, And I became suicidal. I was really, really depressed. And I was having these suicidal thoughts. um, And I took a handful of Xanax with the intention of not waking up. And 
my husband found out about it and called my mom, not knowing really what to do. And she sent the police, you know, like a wellness check. She sent them over here because um, they could get here faster than she could. Okay. Um, and I woke up when they got here and I remember bits and pieces of it, but end of, you know, long story short, they took me in um, and decided to keep me there on a 5150. They hold you for three days and monitor oh, wow. you. And I, I ended up staying for, I, I think it was five days I stayed there. And, um, you know, I think the biggest reason that I want to share this, and I, I'm sad that I don't have a, a, not that I don't appreciate your platform. I want this, like, I don't know what to do about it. I'm sad I don't have a bigger platform or a way to change right. it. Right. No, absolutely. It, you know what I mean? Like, it's so, it was so hard for me because here I am, like, in the weirdest place in my life. I don't know who I can talk to. I don't know who I can turn to about this. You know, I tried talking to my husband and, you know, he didn't really know how to handle me. And it's not anybody's fault. Who, how do you, who knows how to deal with that? You know, it's pretty, your wife's telling you they're suicidal or something. Who's equipped to deal with that, you know? Right. Um, but he didn't know what to do. And then when I, my mom found out, I, at the time, I felt like, oh, well, she just sends the cops over here. And then the cops just want to, you know, take me away. And then when they take me away, they just walk you away. And that's really what it feels like. Um, you know, I can't say that wasn't like my saving grace that changed me. And I came home and I wasn't depressed or anything, you know, or that I didn't still have. Yeah, the I didn't just flip Nothing it. changed. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that that work is all on me. And that work I've taken so seriously in the year since then. Um, and that's where why I'm able to be where I'm at, you know, in, in my life and my personal life. I, and I have a really good job. And um, my husband and I are great. My everything's, you know, getting better now. Um, but I, I just, the system's so flawed. And it's such a lonely place. And I think that's, I guess, because I don't have a way to change it for everybody. I, I just am hoping for, you know, the person who's out there feeling how I was feeling to maybe hear my story and, and I don't know, hang on just a little bit longer. You know what I mean? Cause yeah. it, it does get better and it, everything's so beautiful now. And I just, I think all the time, I can't believe I almost didn't wake up that day. You know, I can't believe, or that, that that's what I wish that I can't believe I ever wished that, you know, mm-hmm. I tell, mm-hmm. I told my mom, I'm like, why did you guys not give me the memo that being like an asshole, a pissed off asshole my whole <laughs> life was not the way to live. Like why didn't anybody tell me that, you know, but it's just and where just I was at. I wasn't able to hear it. Right? <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I wasn't able to hear it at the time. Yeah. What, um, when the police came for the wellness check, I know you said that you didn't really, um, remember it, but what was that whole situation? Like you just woke up and they were there or. Yeah. So I woke up, um, what was I doing? I was in the kitchen. Like I had woken up right before they got here because my husband was starting to commotion. Like, Hey, I called your mom. And it was, Mm starting to get kind of chaotic here so I was up when they got here um and I don't know what I was doing I was wandering around doing something and then they showed up and started banging on the door because they didn't know what what they were going to come here to but so get this what's even worse is one of the cops that came here is one of my son's best friend's dad oh my god so (laughs) I know. And I'm of like, course, Please right? Don't tell your <laughs> wife about this. Like, she's never going to let me see your kid again. And that was another thing that was really sad, too. I didn't 
have, you know, I don't, how embarrassing, you know, what God, I can't, God forbid that other people find out I'm a normal human being and having a hard time, you know, and that's so sad. It's so sad. I had to hide that from people I have known for, you know, I've known this guy for like six years and I was so ashamed and so, and and we're close with them and Mm -hmm. so ashamed and so embarrassed of that being leaked out, you know, it was, it was really weird to deal with, but, um, so they showed up and, um, what did they do? They pulled me outside and I don't remember what they asked me or what we were talking about. I know they had, they, they separated me and had me sitting over like in a a lawn chair in my front yard. And we live on a pretty major street. So that was also kind of embarrassing, but whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, They had me sitting on a lawn chair and then my mom showed up. And when my mom showed up, then they came over and they started talking to me about needing to take me. And I just remember telling my friend's dad, I was like, you you know me, like, you know, and now like in retrospect, I think, thank God that, that they took me. Like I said, it wasn't my saving grace, but I I was so unstable that I don't know what I would have, what the rest of the day was going to look like for me had I not been, you know, taken somewhere. I see. Um, You know, but I was, I remember telling him, I'm like, you know me, you know me, I'm, I don't need to be taken anywhere. Like I'm, I'm okay. Just let them watch me, let them watch me. And then they took my mom and my husband over. They were talking to them and they, there was another person. Um, I don't know what his position is called. I've heard of it before, but like he does the actual wellness check and he's not a cop or anything, but he, he I don't know, a mental health examiner or something. Yeah. More and of like he, the psychology was, side of things probably. Yeah. And so he was out there asking me a couple of questions and he's, he's the one who ultimately decided for them to, to take me and not give me any, any option of what I did. And okay. so then they call a, um, called an ambulance, put me in the back of an ambulance. They even tied me up, they, which I wasn't being violent or aggressive or, or anything. Wow. I'm not really that type of person, you know, I mean, yeah. I've, I have a temper of unprovoked. I can't say I don't, but, or I haven't been known to in the past, but I, I'm not, you know, I, wasn't I feel like that's most aggressive. people. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, the cops are here. I was scared. I was, I was done, you know, I was over it. Um, but they had me tied up and that was another thing. It just, it was just this really scary thing. And I just, I, I'm grateful that I was headstrong enough to, to make it through that and not let that bring me down more. But I just, I feel for people who I, I know they're not, everybody's, you know, blessed enough or, or whatever, able to be strong through that. And I know there's people too, who are better off and worse off than I was at the time. And I, feel for the people who that does break, you know, being locked up in the back of an ambulance when you're feeling like you just need help is like the worst feeling in the world. Yeah. You're like, I have control over my body. (laughs) I have all this. Yeah. I'm just like, something's just not right inside. Right. Yeah. Right. That would be very scary. It's very scary. And there, there were, um, there was one time after that, maybe, I had had my hysterectomy. I did that in January. So it was probably like March, I think, I don't know, a couple months after, down six to eight months after that happened, something, um, I had had a bad night and I wasn't feeling, you know, really bad suicidal, but I think that's maybe, um, a, an even scarier place to be because I had called, I had Googled, you know, what do I do? I'm not at a point where I feel like I'm going to hurt myself or I need to go somewhere, mm-hmm. but I'm too but depressed to just sit in my room yeah. and deal with this. Yeah. You know, and 
I think that's for me the scariest place to be because there's really not any option. Like you go to a psych ward and I knew how I was treated last time and whether or not that was, you know, the appropriate measures to take with me the, the last time, I knew I wasn't there this time. You know, I wasn't going to take action on anything. I just was feeling really shitty. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just needed to talk it out with somebody. And so I went online and I did some searching and I found a phone number and I don't, I don't remember if it was specific, like the, the actual suicide hotline or something. It was something to that effect. And I called them and I talked to them and, um, you know, the, I, I just told them I, I don't plan on acting on anything, but I'm having these thoughts and that's what I'm thinking. And um, we hung up and they wanted me to call them back in like three or four hours. Well, this was like the middle of the night mm-hmm. and I had work the next day still and I planned on going. So yeah. I fell, so I fell asleep. So they tried calling me because I didn't call them and on our scheduled time. And because I didn't answer, then they called my parents. My parents don't live with me. So my parents called the cops and we got woken up at like 3, 45, 4 in the morning by cops banging on the door and my husband getting a frantic call from my mom saying, oh my God, because they don't, they didn't know what my conversation was with the person. They just know this you know, suicide hotline called and said, we can't get a hold of your daughter. And, and that's because your number was registered work. to their, their address. Yes, exactly. Okay. Yep. Yeah. And so, and they just think the worst. And so then they call my husband and my husband woke up, you know, panicked and the cops show up here. And I just started, I, I felt so lonely from that because I'm like, well, shit, I tried calling and just talking it through with someone. I'm and then now you're and myself. Then, yeah. Yeah. And that time, what was really scary was that time the cops were, did the same thing. And it's probably, you know, for their safety, I'm sure some of it is and whatever, but they pulled me out and they put, separated me from my husband and put me in a chair. And this time I, you know, I hadn't taken a handful of Xanax. I remember it more. And mm-hmm. my husband was with an earshot. I mean, I remember him. He was even confused. He's like, look at her. She's fine. She's sitting right there. She's not going to do anything. She, you know, I mean, he didn't know what my conversation was with them, but he could tell I, I'm not in that, I wasn't in that same place that I was before, you know, where it was scary. Um, yeah. But they, I mean, they were considering taking me against my will again that time. And I'm like, this is, it's just as scary because it's once you're like labeled that way, I don't know how they ever would show up again, you know? Yeah. I feel like it follows you. Right. Right. It's very scary, but it's, it's very sad too, because I've taken a lot of steps since those times to change, you know, and and better myself. And, um, I don't know if I want to call it correct my mental health or cure it or whatever, improve it, improve my, I think just acknowledging it, you know what I mean? Like there's an issue here. I know I probably need to like do some extra steps, you know, or for whatever reason to, to feel like I'm living, my best possible life. Right. I mean, that's kind of right. the way I look yeah. at it. Um, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Cause I mean, it's not a one size all like, you know, no, nothing's ever linear when it comes to healing for sure. You've got to figure out for you what you need. Um, right. Without a doubt. What was, um, I know you said, so when the, the first original call, when you went for the wellness check, did they just take you to the hospital or that you were put on the 5150 that time. So you went to the, to the psych ward, you said, correct? Yeah. They took me, it's in the basement of a hospital. So there's like an emergency room and they deliver babies and stuff upstairs, but you just go to the basement and it's like, they do 
think they detox people from drugs because there were people who weren't there for like mental health reasons. So I think they were there detoxing from drugs and then they have people from mental health. Well, that's just even Um, more scary and terrifying. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I saw people fighting over shoes and they didn't know whose shoes they were. And like, I mean, I don't mean to make light of it or anything, but I just, to see the difference, you know what I mean? And like see these people really struggling to where they they're outside of themselves. They really don't know they're out of touch with reality really. And that Mm -hmm. was very scary to be in, you know, the same vicinity with those, with people who what is this aren't setup in like touch there? of reality yeah what um, were you in your own room it, or like but I know you saw the stuff going on I'm just trying to kind of paint a picture no, and understand. Okay. so you go in I mean it's it's literally like you take a, an elevator to a base an actual basement and mm-hmm. then you go in behind these um you know big double doors and then another set of double doors um and then they take you into a room they have to take all the drawstrings out of your pants. So I have like four pairs of my favorite sweatpants don't have drawstrings in them anymore. Oh, <laughs> I know it was like the worst. Um, so they take, they go through your things for obvious reasons. Um, but then, and I, I don't know what it's like other places, but at this place I was roomed, I think they put four people to a room. Um, and so it's, it's, it's scary. You hear what other people are going through at all hours of the day and night. And if, they're deciding to go through that in their bed then and you're in that room trying to sleep then that's just what you're gonna that's what you're doing for the night you know I mean there's no there's really no privacy I mean the bathroom obviously um I think they even had a shower schedule because I don't remember even showering for like the couple days I was there and you shower like on a certain day once a week or twice a week or something like that they don't do it every day it's not free for all um you're on a food schedule um I mean essentially it sounds like a somewhat nicer prison but not really (laughs) yeah yeah I mean on on some level yeah it's the the mental well I don't know what it's it's the mental part of it's like in prison it's probably pretty bad yeah 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 pretty brutal I'm sure I mean you're just it's it's I think it's good in the sense that it kind of snaps you out of whatever immediate you know danger Mm. environment you may be in but when you're sitting there for three, four days and the emotion has passed and you're no longer feeling like you need to, you know, escape that emotion, you know, by taking crazy actions or whatever, mm-hmm. dangerous, hurting, hurting yourself or whatever. Um, when you're sitting in there, really thinking, really taking in what is happening and there's people going through every type of, you know, mental situation you can think of. It's, it's, it's really weird. I mean, I keep saying scary. It's the only word I can really think for it. And it, well, and, yeah. and it's weird. You know, it's, it's a very strange place to sit there and, and um, you know, when you're sitting there and you're um, hearing all these other people and what they're going through and someone who you might look at that person and think, wow, that, you know, that person's really crazy or something. And you want to think, oh, I'm not like that. I don't, I don't look like that but you have to really eva- reevaluate yourself because what did I look like to get myself here? You know, I mean, someone thought I needed to be here. So it's, it's very humbling too on that level, I think. Interesting. Yeah. What, um, so you were, you said you were there for five days. Yeah. Did you, did, okay. Yeah. So like what, I'm just trying to understand, like, what do they do in those five days? Like, did they check in with you or you just kind of 
sleeping in and off? Did they work a program? I'm just trying to No. In my case it was like actually they they had offered, I think they have a schedule of classes, but I don't they're not required. No one really kind of checks in with you. Really no one attends the classes because of those reasons. Mm-hmm. Um you kind of just wander the halls, wait for a phone call. Um I ate a ton of ice cream. That was the only thing that they like let you kind of free feed on. And then you just watch TV or sleep. Um, and even the schedule of classes, it was only like two or three small, like 30 minute classes sometime throughout the day. Um, they have In a mix of kind of, like all those people that you have no clue. <laughs> exactly. Yes, exactly. And the, and it's just, it's there's no real like directions where you're kind of like oh that's what I'm going through let me take that class you know it's just kind of like communication in general or like expressing emotions just general discussion about that for like 30 minutes it wasn't anything it wasn't anything really like helpful or uh, like you you said like work a program like you would think um that they would set people up with stuff like that and um maybe I don't know what they do for others or if that's something they offer or do. I'm sure it's something they do. It wasn't, it's not very well like known or offered or readily available. You know, it's not something where uh, um, I didn't, I don't know if they do that or not. You would think they'd it'd be something they'd offer to you before you go home. Yeah. Were you allowed to talk to your husband or your mom or anybody during that I, time? I was allowed to talk to them. Um, they they shut the phones off a couple times throughout the day for, I think, when, when we're eating. And then there's a couple other times they, they have the phone shut off so you can't make an outbound call or you can't even take an inbound call either. Um, throughout the rest of the day, though, yeah, you can you can kind of call people as you please. Or if people call in, you can take their calls if if you're available and the person who answers the phone wants to give you the phone. Oh, wow. Yeah. It was, it was like a pay phone type of situation in the hallway. So whoever's walking by can answer it or not, or hang it up or whatever they want to do. Wow. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. I think. Yeah. <laughs> Just the I'm way not, it all yeah. works. I mean, yeah, yeah. Me too. I, I have no experience, um, you know, with anything like that. And that's why I kind of wanted to just really understand the details of what you were going through. Um, What were your conversations like with your husband? Like, how was he feeling through all this? Because you couldn't physically see him. Like, he couldn't come and see you, correct? Um, He came. They they did one family night while I was there. And so he came. And then I saw him one other time. He brought me some clothes for like five minutes. Okay. Um, But otherwise, no, I I didn't see him. And um, the... But my conversations with him, they, he tried to keep it positive. Mm-hmm. Um, he, I don't really remember that we talked too much, to be honest. And I don't blame him if this is what he was doing. We haven't really ever talked about this, but he, like, when I think about it right now, he, I felt like he was busy every time I called him, you know, mm-hmm. and maybe, maybe he really was. I don't know. I, we had a, our son was five at the time. Okay. Yeah, five, about to turn six. So he, I mean, maybe he really was busy um, or I'd call him throughout the day. He's a truck driver, so he can't always be on his phone. So maybe that was it. Or yeah. maybe he, the conversations were always very heavy at the time. So Oh, yeah. How could they not easy, be? Yeah. Know? Yeah. Essentially, you got yeah. like ripped from your home in the middle of the night, you know, like that's... Right. So it just 
could have been that they were just easy. It was easier for him to always be busy. Mm-hmm. As a mom, what was that like um, being away from your son like that? It, it was really hard being away from him, but I felt more like a burden on him when I was around him at the time. Okay. So in a sense, in a really, really fucked up way, I feel like the worst mom saying this, it was almost a relief to, or not a relief, but it felt like I was giving him relief to just not have my bullshit for a week. You know, I have so much bullshit that I just carried around all the time, fighting with people, my husband, my mom, or whoever, fighting with well, myself. Well, that's that the was... energy from you. You probably felt like you couldn't give him what you wanted to. Right, right. So yeah. it, it, it was heartbreaking. You never want to leave your kid for that long or for that reason. Um, but also... I'm I'm grateful for it because I could have the alternative could have been that I left him permanently, you know. Absolutely. That's what I was yeah, I was thinking about that too. It's like it could have been a totally different story. Mm-hmm. Um I know we kind of um messaged off air and and talked a little bit about that and that you wish that there was like a better system or process in place for situations like these. Have mm-hmm. you had time to really like sit down and think about what that would be or like, what would you, what do you think would have helped you more, I guess, in that situation? What would you you have liked to have seen happen? That's a very good question. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I have, I haven't thought uh, about it on a, I guess, looked outside of myself. Really. I've been selfish in in that way, just super caught up in myself and, and making myself better. And now I'm at the, at the point where, I'm, I have been doing better for so for a while now that I want to start exploring those things and thinking about those things and what can I do to help somebody else, um, you know, have it be better. I really needed, I, I don't know. I think I just needed to, to somebody to really feel like they, I, I was being heard or paid attention to. And I don't really know that there is a solution for that because it's, it's, unfortunately it seems like there's just not enough people willing to try and understand somebody going through or hear somebody going through those types of mental health problems you know it's even the people that were there in the hospital where it's you know that's their job to they get paid to go do every day seemed very uninterested and very unsupported really? um, and almost annoyed yeah so it's I don't know that that would have changed a whole lot for me but I mean, maybe, maybe, maybe it would have got me, you know, to pay attention and go to one of the classes that they offer. And maybe in one of the classes, I could have heard something different that kind of changed my mind sooner. I, I don't know. Um, but I kind of, I feel like that's probably, um, you know, the vibe that I would say, I feel like on, from all levels, you know, not just the nurses that were there, but even, I think they were social workers, seemed mm-hmm. very like annoyed even that they had to come deal with me. Um, and of course I was trying to get out of there and go home. I wanted to come home, Yeah. but, um, it's also, I, it's also their job, you know, to, to make sure that I was heard and that I'm not going to just pull one over on them and get home and do something wrong. You know, that wasn't me. That's not what I was trying to do, but you know, I, I can't say the same for someone else. I don't know. Yeah. It's hard when the help is like so hardened. You're like, then why did you even get into this in the first place? <laughs> if you're going to yeah. feel, you know, I, I hate yeah. that feeling. I, I've dealt with that in hospitals, you know, with, with totally. my child and things like that. It's like, why, why are you even doing this? Like, where's your bedside manner? 
what what made you want to do this? Because I'm not seeing it. <laughs> for sure. Right. That, and that's to, what it reminds me of anyways. Yeah, no, it's just like that. And to be working in a field that's so sensitive, uh, you would think that there's going to be com- like it's a given and so there will be compassion in people working in that field but it's um in my experience in the mental health field that I've experienced it's mm-hmm. very seldom do you find that you know true truly compassionate person who's really doing their job to want to help someone or you it's it's seldom do you feel that you know maybe yeah do. so that's heartbreaking isn't it gosh it really is it really is what um what was the dialogue like with the people on the hotline? Did they did you feel like they kind of had that same demeanor or what what was that conversation like when you do call a hotline? I felt um when I called the hotline um I'm going to say and I I hate this because I feel almost like I'm coming on here like putting down no no, the mental health field and I don't want to be like that no I just no one knows and obviously this is like a specific case no and I know we're talking um in in general terms here so no right and I so I mean I appreciate that that they're there and the people were very nice the lady was very nice that I talked to and she made me she did make me feel like she heard and wanted to help but I also felt very pressured to like, like, it's almost like they wanted me to say that I was going to follow through or else kind of like, why am I talking to you? It's kind of how I felt. She asked wow. me like a hundred times, like, okay, but are you going to, what exactly are you thinking? And I told her that I was having thoughts of hurting myself. She was okay. Well, but are you going to, no, I'm not going to. Well, do you have a weapon with you? No, I don't have a weapon with you. Well, is anybody. Almost like they're know, like, I mean, it's just Exactly. That's exactly what it felt like. And I'm just like, no, can you just stop asking the questions and just listen to me? And then maybe the feeling will go away. I don't know. That's all I'm trying to do. You know, like, just, yeah, that's it. I just need someone to bounce this off of that. Isn't the same person who's sick of hearing my bullshit all day long. Like that's all I need you to be right now. And I just, again with the questions over and over and over again about are you going to follow through are you going to follow through I know it's their job but when you're in that emotional state it's like okay fuck now you're pissing me off and I don't even want to talk to you like, <laughs> yeah now I'm just you know? angry right. and I feel yeah unheard and yeah exactly now I'm just frustrated and yeah exactly and it just it made it it made it hard to take the whole thing seriously you know sure. um and and then it put me right back in that fear of like well, what are you going to do with this information when I tell it to you? You know, are you going to call somebody and, and blow this? I hate, I don't, I don't want to say, I don't hate generalizing it because I know yeah, it's, no, it's, it's a different hard, experience, but yeah. Yeah. But I'm like thinking, are you going to blow this out of the water? Like you did like every, like the last time I felt like it was a little bit blown out of proportion, you know? So mm-hmm. that's kind of like, I felt so scared to even really be honest about what I was really thinking with her. Cause the questions were so, it was so like, and I felt like I was being interrogated or something, you know, and then I'm feeling uncomfortable. It was, it's weird. So when you hung up with them, they're like, you need to call us back. Like, why? Yeah. That's crazy to so, me that they're having somebody go through a hard time, like try to be responsible. Yeah, like that's like really frustrating <laughs> to me. I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. Right. Like, okay. I know I'm a wreck right now. Let me put a timer in for me to call you yeah back. let's add know, more to your ridiculous. plate for you to like think exactly. about no I I thought the same thing but they they said I 
want to say it was three or four hours she wanted me to check in with her and I I intended on doing it but I also knew it was slightly ridiculous because I wanted to say I talked to her at like 11 or 12 at night and so mm-hmm. three or four hours would have been three or four in the morning I yeah mean, like you're out time, you want to like yeah you're yeah. sleeping you're just you, yeah like you said you had every intention of going to work tomorrow you just needed somebody to talk to right and I didn't <sighs> I didn't you know deliberately like oh screw that I'm going to bed I'm not calling her right I, yeah, I yeah. meant to but I did it and then it's like next thing you know you scared the shit out of my mom like you know and my husband my poor husband gave everybody a heart attack and I was just sleeping on the couch like I just fell asleep that's it and yeah it you know so it just and, and that was really shocking too because I'm like okay we went and we hung up everything was fine like I just I don't know I don't know I mean yeah, you're it like, thanks, strange. thank you. <laughs> like, I'm yeah, going to bed now and move it on. Like, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Didn't anticipate that. How did you navigate that with your mom post, um, post-hospital post stay? Have you guys talked about that at all? And like... Um, we kind of did. We never really... I don't know. We kind of... We have ongoing talks. We talk about everything. Um, yeah. There's really nothing I, I don't tell her. Um. And so we, we've had some ongoing talks about it. Nothing really specific. I mean, she just, she would be encouraging and try to do, she's always tried to do whatever she can to help, you know, make things easier on me and trying to make it easier on my mental health. Um, until probably recently, I always made it hard for her to help me. Yeah. Uh, you know, such as the, the true fashion of someone suffering from mental health and try to make it difficult for anybody to help you. Um, but well, yeah, because I feel like a lot of people are like, what can I do? And you're like, if I knew that I would do it, <laughs> you know, like, well, yeah, like that's totally. like the major thing. You're like, I, I don't know what I need. And I think that's totally. like the biggest thing in mental health is that sometimes you just don't know and you want you know, somebody to tell you <laughs> there's that's so true. And then there's a part of me too, that got and I've even read an article about this being like, I, I don't know if there's a name for it or what, but I was so depressed for so long that I didn't really know. Like I, I was, I was, I, I say it jokingly, but I really mean it when like I missed out on a memo about living life a better way, because literally I, until like this year, mm-hmm. uh, until a few, six, seven, eight months ago, I was just pissed off and depressed and anxious and just, stressed and like I mean don't get me wrong I experience any one of those emotions all the time who doesn't right it's not all the time all of them all the time every day and I I felt like I like I was depression I wasn't depressed I just was depression and I refused even the thought that my life didn't have to be difficult and my life didn't have to be sad and all these I I, now I mean I look at things now, even with this whole situation that we're talking about, you know, about me being suicidal and potentially never waking up again the next day. It was crazy and horrible and one of the hardest times in my life, but it was the biggest blessing ever. Mm-hmm. And I am able to be so grateful now every day because of that. Um, I'm able to do turn all these negatives into positives now. And I never was able to even see that that you could do that before. And I, I don't know, I, I've never really had this conversation with someone else. I don't know if other people feel that way, but I've read, read about it where you just, you become depressed for so long that you just, 
you become depression. You don't even realize well, it becomes your identity. You. Yeah, yeah, it totally becomes right. your identity. Same with like anxiety. Like a lot of people just say like they might just really be feeling nervous about something and they'll be like, but I'm, I have anxiety. So then they, be, they play into totally. that and then they can never break away from it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, was, I, I was just reading about that like a few weeks ago too. That's really interesting yeah. <laughs> how it does. Like it just becomes so much a part of you because that's what you think it is that you just kind of start allowing it to like take over. Totally. So what was yeah, the switch absolutely. for you? What made you, what has kind of turned things around for you? I, um, so my health has improved a lot. I had my hysterectomy. Mm-hmm. Um, I am, I used to take a ton of medication. I don't take all of that medication anymore. Um, I substitute a lot of those medications with cannabis and medicate Mm -hmm. with cannabis. And that's actually helped me a lot with my mental health. It's helped me because I'm able to slow all the way down and be okay with being uncomfortable right now. You know, it, it helps me really like I genuinely mean, I, I use cannabis not to avoid a feeling, but to feel everything so much more and really is, feel what that yeah. means to me. <laughs> oh, you my know? I have goosebumps because that is exactly so like that is my care plan as well. Like it helps me do the trauma work. Yes, it helps me. I'm okay with sitting here. And, you know, before I used to be so de- codependent on other people and I could not stomach it if someone was upset with me or didn't like me. Or I would think about for weeks at a time something I said wrong to somebody. Mm-hmm. It, it doesn't mean I don't care at all. I'm just okay now with someone else disagreeing or not liking something I did or said. I'm okay now with having a bad day and knowing it was just a bad day. It doesn't mean my life's fucked up right now. It doesn't mean all this good work I've done means nothing. It doesn't mean any of that. It just means today wasn't my day. I, I'm able to, like you said, I'm able to do the trauma work. I'm able to sit with the, the bad feelings and, and ultimately turn them into to fuel for something better. You know, I never was able to do this before. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Ever. That, that was a huge turning point for me when I learned my balance with it. I learned what works for me and what doesn't with using cannabis medicinally um, and gotten myself on routines and um, certain products that I like or help me certain ways. Um, that was a huge turning point for me. And I, and another thing that was huge for me was literally re- removing, I probably overdid it this last year, but <laughs> anything and everything that does not make me happy is not in my life anymore. Nothing. I don't care if it gives me a bad feeling, if it makes me feel bad, I just don't do it. I mean, don't get me wrong, responsibly, I know there's like... Right, I don't know yeah. I'm like sitting in traffic or whatever. I, yeah, I no, it's the bigger picture stuff. Away. Mm-hmm. Right, like I don't follow negative anything negative on Instagram, or you know, if that person is too much for me and gives me anxiety or brings me down, sorry, but we're gonna talk a lot less. You know, those mm-hmm. types of things, and um, that was huge for me too. I I really let a lot of um, emotions that things and people made me have and not myself was making me have, I really let those things be confused. And um, I confused the emotions of others with, with my own. And when I straightened that out, it was a really big shift for me. Yeah, it really does. Um, like medicating with cannabis really does help you um, 
kind of like organize your thoughts as to what they really are. Maybe it wasn't like how you thought you experienced them, but like for me, it sounds kind of silly. I kind of see it in like a prism, like out in front of me, like I can literally like sort through the BS and just say like, okay, this, this was probably the intention of that. I may have took it the wrong way. Now I'm seeing it more clearly. And now I can kind of put it to bed and it's, you know, null and void. Like you said, you can um, know that it's just, a bad moment. It's not a bad life. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, or whatever. And you can yeah. really move forward on that. No, you seriously explain like the way my thoughts work saying it was like a prism in your head. Like I literally think like that too. And I'm just like, I'm able to, to be so open, to truly be so open-minded and to, you know, accept that there's things outside of me I can't control. And I'm going to do things that offend others and others will do things that offend me. And take responsibility for what I did and what is my responsibility in that I'm able to calm down and slow down and really dissect it all, you know? Mm -hmm. And yeah, you're so right when you say that. Has it, um, has it changed your, how has it changed your relationship with your husband? Um, I think we fight a little less about dumb shit. We bicker a lot. (laughs) I mean, welcome to marriage, right? (laughs) Right. Exactly. We bicker so much, but we, we have a lot of like stupid, silly fun together, you know, and we, we always have, but this is like next level shit. Like we sit and just giggle at each other all the time and we're able to, you know, it helps me start my thoughts out with him too. Um, yeah. I think this is really funny. We did this um, class a long time ago, four or five years ago, we did this marriage class together. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was like every Friday night and you, it, it's, it's great. I, I really encourage anybody, even if you're not struggling, I encourage oh, no, all I, couples. That's to, so funny. I say so that all cool. the time. I'm like marriage counseling yeah. or marriage therapy, whatever it is, is like so much fun. <laughs> like I and love you it. You have to like be seriously so careful how you phrase it to people though. Cause they're like marriage counseling. I'm good. And it's like, yeah. no, 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 no. Like you just go and just learn about relationships and your partner and yourself. Like it's super cool. You know, I, I love I it. I think from there, do it. <laughs> totally. I think that from there and apply it to how I talk to people at work, even like everybody, it's super helpful. Yeah. Um, but so we did this class like five years ago. And at, the, at that time we were not so much, I mean, we've always kind of used cannabis off and on, even you know, as kids growing up, whatever, in our sure. early twenties, all that, but we weren't, as avid users as we are now. And so and I love my, like one of my favorite things is exploring new ways and new things and seeing how, if I am medicating before, how am I, how, how am I going to interpret this information differently? How is it going to affect me differently? What am I going to hear that I never would have heard before? Oh my because God, for I me, the exact same Oh, I get so excited. I like nerd out. I, I'm getting excited right now talking about this. I get so stoked. It's so much fun. Um, it is. You know, and so I got us these lower dose, but still pretty heavy edibles. And we signed back up for the class again recently. And we went and I'm just like, oh my gosh, babe. Like when we left, I just <laughs> felt like this elevated new person. And I'm just like, did you hear? We just, I took all these notes. Like we need to do this. And I love you so much, but it's just, opens your heart and your mind and I think the biggest key was when I said like I I hear things that I never would have heard before you know and I see things I never would have seen before and um, you know and my husband does that with me and we will stop and slow down and go you know play in the grass with our son something we never probably would have done before you know just the silly and um, not sweating the small things and 
just really enjoying the moment. We're so much more present than we used to be. I used to always be in my phone or somewhere else or in tomorrow. What do I have to do tomorrow? What bad shit happened yesterday? And it's so much less of that now. Um, You know, it's just a a lot more of a calmer environment, really. So obviously it's affected your son as well because you can be conscious. You can be in the moment. You can be present. I feel that same way with my children too. Absolutely. Yeah. It's made me, I'm a much better mother now. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I am. I, I would argue so much tooth and nail with anybody who wanted to say otherwise, because a year ago I hopped up on pills, forgetting where I parked my car, not remembering shit I had to do for him at school. So embarrassing. And so not the way to parent your child. Now I'm like, have this energy. Let's wake up early. I want, come on a hike with me. I want, you know what I mean? Yeah. 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 Like so different and so much better. And it's, it's, it's sad to me actually, even that there's such a stigma behind cannabis and behind mothers using cannabis, because like I, like I just said, I'm such a much better mother now than I was when I medicated with opiates you know, and yeah. a ton of Xanax and all the other, you know, just among all the other medicines I was on and tons of them. Um, I'm, I'm just, I'm more, so much more capable and I'm grateful. And I, I like, and so get this overwhelming gratefulness all the time, every day that I'm like, okay, I, I get to go get up and go to my job that I love and then, and take my son to school and go to work. And I get to come home from my my job and I get to make them dinner and I get to do homework. All these things that last year were difficult and irritating to me, you know, or before, I guess. Yeah. That's so beautiful. (laughs) I'm like, I I feel like I'm like hearing my story, like right back to me. Cause like what you're saying, I'm like, yes, yes, yes. I I just, um, that's so funny. Cause I just wrote an article that'll be published like at the end of the week, literally about everything you just said. And it's so cool because that just means that there's so many other women out there like us, you know, and and it does, it motivates you when you can operate from a place of gratitude. You know, like you said, mm-hmm. like, I would be pissed off that like, oh, I have to make dinner again. Like, why am I always the one doing it? Like, why can't my husband yep. step up? Blah, 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 blah. Like, you name it, there was a reason mm-hmm. to be frustrated with it. And now I'm like, who wants to help me in the kitchen? <laughs> like, totally. You know, like me and my kids yeah. are like pretending we're on the food network and being silly and, you know, like making these ridiculous dinners and loving every second of it. And like, so, like you said, yeah, I'm... Yeah, it's just one of those, you know, once you reach that level, you don't want to go back because you, you know how great it can be. And it's, it's oh, totally. awesome. Yeah, you're so right. I say that all the time. Like, I'll never, there's nothing, there's there's nothing that will happen that will ever make me live my life the way I used to live my life. Nothing ever. There's not, nothing's ever, ever worth it to be that low. I guess let's just sum it up in one word. Yeah, <laughs> there's no, nothing that's, that's, that's worth that. Perfect way to say it. What um, when you're faced now with like the dark days, you know, or the dark moments? I don't even want to say days. Just the mm-hmm. moments where you're just feeling kind of off. Where do you turn to now, or is that where the cannabis just comes in? Is there anything else, or um. A lot of, uh, I get a lot of help from the cannabis. Don't get me wrong. Um, <laughs> I, I'll try to get outside and I, I don't really, I think after my experiences, the way I had them, 
I'm still pretty and I, I anticipate I'll be like this for a while. If not ever, I'm pretty um, careful with who I share my thoughts with. And also it's, I don't, I realize too that for me anyways, it's, it, it comes, it really boils down to a couple moments, right? So like mm-hmm. there's just really a couple moments that, that I was feeling suicidal. I wasn't probably feeling suicidal that whole entire day where I was just thinking nonstop, oh my God, I need to be gone. It felt like it. Um, but really it was just those key few moments that like drove me to the point of taking action on something like that. And I think once I've kind of realized that, I, I don't want to go and maybe ruin a relationship with somebody over that moment it's pretty heavy for a lot of people at least in my life that I've realized and um so I kind of I don't know if it's the right thing or wrong thing to do but it's worked for me so far I kind of keep my thoughts to myself but I'll try and do something to get them out like go outside go on a walk play with my dog go outside and just sit and smoke a bowl or something you know what yeah something definitely like that to just kind of be that's where you know I I said earlier I'm okay with just kind of sitting with the the bad feelings that's kind of where that comes in and I'm really trying to just practice that right now and just being okay with not being okay um and it's Mm -hmm. not always easy and I do go to to my mom if if I really need some advice or just really need to bounce an idea off somebody or if I just can't keep it in anymore my mom's always there my husband's there people are there for me um but I try to evaluate, I guess, mm-hmm. um, what I'm sharing or monitor, I guess, what I'm Yeah, sharing, like be with your thoughts and, to. yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And kind of, again, just organize them to, you know, is this a priority? Yeah, is this going to be something? Mm-hmm. Okay. I know for me, like when I first started medicating with that stuff, I, I, I don't, it kind of was like a resounding, like, for a while there, every time, like I had a moment where I was just like, this is tough. Like, how am I going to get through this Re- regardless of what the situation was? Cause you know, stress and anxiety and depression doesn't like come with a warning <laughs> sign. It could be like oh, triggered no. by anything. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But I found myself constantly saying like, okay, is this going to affect me tomorrow? Is this going to affect me a week from now, a month from now, mm-hmm. a year from now? Mm-hmm. And like before I could never slow down enough to even ask myself those questions and now yeah. that I can, I can say, oh, this really isn't a big deal at all. So next, yeah. <laughs> you know, exactly. And then just yeah. move forward. I love totally. cannabis for that, for that reason. I know. I know. Honestly, so like he life changer for me, for real. Like seriously, Absolutely. I, I really, I attribute, attribute cannabis to changing my life. Like for, I mean that so much. It's just, this I can tell I like it isn't even like I know it's like not even me I'm like who is this person yeah <laughs> that mean old bitch girl that I used to be it's, I don't want her back at all right but. you're like that <laughs> is so far gone like my best day yeah. is so like ahead of me it's not even crazy yeah. or it's not even funny yeah. yeah that's so awesome what um I don't even know what I want to say because that was just so beautiful. Because <laughs> like, it's true, you know. You you go to these dark, dark places, and you 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 go and you try to do, I guess, what's told to us to do, like call the hot, hotlines, reach out for help, do these things, you know. And mm-hmm. how did cannabis come back into your life? As I guess, as a as a medication. Oh, that's a fun topic. 
So yeah. I'm gonna name I'm gonna name drop a couple. Do it. Probably Instagram handles, I guess, because no yeah. one I don't think, I don't even know if anyone would know their real name or not. So I was at home and I was um, watching the doctor show, mm-hmm. and I was this was like I don't know this was September of last year, August September somewhere around there, mm-hmm. and um. Ozzy from Oove Lifestyle, yes. I think. Okay, yeah. I know. I think you follow her, right? Okay. Oh yeah. So she she was on the show and she was talking about microdosing, and I'm like, hmm, that's really interesting. I mean, I have always known from a very young age that when I used cannabis, I felt better. Just whether it was mentally, I've always had stomach problems. I knew that it helped my stomach problems. Always has, um, and I just I, I always felt better. I used it a lot more when I was younger. And then throughout my 20s and, and when I first became a mom, it was just, you'd be shunned from my family. Like, it was so bad. Don't even say the words. Like, kicked out of the house. The whole big ordeal. And I just, I would use it here and there, but it was never a big deal to me. I just didn't care. Um, and then, so I'm watching this show and I'm like, hmm, that's super interesting. I never really thought about switching my medicines for that. And I wonder how it could help me. And then I started doing research and I started following people on Instagram. And then I found Jessie, mm-hmm. um, the mommy Dane. I found yeah, her. I love her. She was my, she's her. my golden yeah. ticket. <laughs> yes, exactly. And so, um, and, and then started following you came shortly after and I followed a whole, a whole bunch of other people and just started learning about it. And I fell in love with it. And now I'm like, can't shut up about how amazing this plant is. I like to want to tell everybody, everyone's like, Oh, this hurts. I'm like, you should, you need cannabis, you know? Yeah. Or, oh, I have that, that ailment. Have you tried cannabis? Like everything. Yeah. And it's just, so I, I, it was, it was an easy thing for me to get back into, um, you know, cause I've had experience with it, but, um, it was strange trying to figure out how to navigate that relationship with my parents because they were so against it previously, um, so that was different, but they, they accept it and I, and they see the, the huge changes in my life. So mm-hmm. I think it's pretty much every, um, you know, stereotype that they had about potheads prior to this can be thrown out the window. I've yeah. proved them all wrong. So it's, yeah, it's good. It's good. We're at a good place with it. I think that's why I love like our little Instagram community so much is <laughs> mm-hmm. because like, the women are just incredible. Like you they are, are, they just like, I feel like there's always somebody that's maybe like a month or two ahead of where you're at and they can kind of mm-hmm. guide you and then we're all in it, like rallying, supporting everyone. That's why I just, I love it so much. And this is just like, this is what I'm supposed to do. And that's how this, this podcast actually came to be was, was through that because it's like, we've got to share these stories. They're so remarkable and they're so necessary. And there's so many people just like, you, me, Jesse, you know, you name it, um, mm-hmm. that, that have these, these lives that have been changed because of, because of cannabis. And I, and I love that. Totally. Yeah, no, I agree a hundred percent. It's, it's, it's like, I want to say addicting, but it's like, it's, it's a good feeling, you know, it's what I read a quote the other day about, it's about cannabis and it says something like, um, cannabis is only addict, addictive or addicting in the same way that great things are worth repeating. Like Mm, it it feels like, you know, it feels like that. I love the feeling I get like seeing everything. Like you, you just said, you know, the, the, the 
awesome woman who I followed from day one who is getting these awards or doing these events or, you know, whatever, or someone who I watched, you know, after her, what come up in the industry or whatever. It's, it's a lot of fun and it's a good feeling and it's such an awesome community to be a part of. Um, so positive and uplifting. That's also been a, a changer for me because I was so into so much negativity before. I didn't have all this positivity around me. You know, I, if, if I'm on my phone anyways, it might as well be all these great things to see. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. That's true. That I think that's why, like, I, it's funny. Um, I was having this conversation the other day too with someone about how they're like, you haven't posted in a while. Like what's going on? I'm like, I haven't had anything worth saying. <laughs> yeah. I'm like before, exactly. but if you think about it, like, I mean, I haven't been on Facebook in gosh, years, but mm-hmm. one of those things was like, it was so easy to just like sound off and like, just say, oh, yeah whatever the hell you wanted to say or whatever mood you were in. And now it's like, I want to be really mindful of like what I share with people and what I put out. And I think you kind of echoed that same, um, same sentiment was just like, not everybody needs to, to feel that. Like, unless I have something Mm -hmm. that's going to benefit the greater good, Mm -hmm. I'm good with it. I'm good with keeping it in my space, you know, until I have something to share. I'm good. <laughs> yep. I love that. I wish everybody thought that. <laughs> There's so much stuff I see and I'm like, really? You could have kept that to yourself, you know? I mean, it's just, well, also just, I mean, realizing, you know, what's, what's the benefit of someone else hearing this or not hearing this, you know, yeah. it's, it, or what's the, the opposite? How is it going to hurt somebody hearing this or not hearing this, you know, and, and people just being conscious of that, aware Absolutely. of that, that everyone's going through different things at different speeds. Yeah. 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 And just being kind. I like, where did that go? <laughs> totally. You know, I'm just like, where, where did this just fall off? I just don't understand. I'm hoping like my kids and your kids now with like moms that, you know, are kind and in tune that we are just raising like a better generation. <laughs> I know. I, I really, really hope so. I really, yeah, I hope so. I think, well, at least with my son, I think it's, I don't know, it might be too soon to tell because they're just all really sweet, but I hope that's like the theme that I hope they all stay that way. Yeah. No, yeah. I think they're what they're surrounded by. So it sounds like they're in good hands. <laughs> yeah, I hope so. They are definitely. I'm so glad that you're where you're at right now. And I'm very thankful to know you. I Thank think we're going to be friends for a long time. <laughs> I think so too. I'm, I'm super glad really to have met you. Yeah, I'm really excited about this. Yeah, can't wait to see where it goes. Well, um, before we wrap up, I wanted to go through the top 10 questions um, from James Lipton that I've been doing with all of my guests because I just feel like it really lets people know who you are and it gives us something to think about too. Are you up for it? Yeah. Cool. So um, what is your favorite word? (laughs) Oh my gosh, my favorite word? (laughs) Yeah. Oh. They're kind of weird questions, but they say a lot. (laughs) That is a weird question. I really like dork. I think dork (laughs) is fun to say. (laughs) That is a good one. What's your name? I mean, it's not super offensive, but. No, you get it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) I probably say that more than I realize, actually. (laughs) Yeah, I think so, too. I think I say it a lot. Now now that we're talking about this, I'm going to cut back on saying it. (laughs) (laughs) What's um, your least favorite word? 
Oh, I don't want to, I don't even want to say it, but I, I think the C word, it's so ugly. Yes. Oh my gosh. I had another guest that said that as well. That's really It's funny. just, it's just ugly. I used, see, that's another thing that's kind of changed about me. I used to really not care either way, but now mm-hmm. I'm kind of like, oh, it's, it's super offensive and kind of an ugly word. So we just need to not say that one, you know, <laughs> keep it in your space, everybody. <laughs> I love it. What um, turns you on creatively, emo- spiritually, or emotionally? I think nature. I love being outside in nature. Hiking is totally turns me on spiritually, creatively, emotionally to just reflect and be with myself and be with my thoughts. Yeah, that connection for sure. Mm-hmm. What turns you off? Um, being too hot. If I'm too hot, I can't think about anything at all. And I'm just super mad. I'm I will malfunction if I'm too hot. I don't know if that's the right answer, but that's like the only (laughs) thing I can come up with. (laughs) No, that's, I live in Texas. I get it. (laughs) Oh, okay. Cause I just, I got being, I'm in menopause because I did my hysterectomy and so Mm -hmm. I have hot flashes sometimes and I'm like, Oh, what pisses me off? Yeah. Hot flash really sets me off. Like I can't do anything. How old were you when you had your hysterectomy? Is that 31? Yeah. 31. That's when I had mine. That's crazy. (laughs) Oh, you had one too. Yeah, I did. Sisters, they call them uh, so yes, dumb. I don't yes, know why I just yes. said that. <laughs> and I felt like that group wasn't supportive either. They didn't get it. That's so funny. I know. They just don't get it. Yeah. Oh, that's hilarious. But yeah, I was 31 mm-hmm. when I had mine as well. It's really wild. Um, that is. What is your favorite curse word? Fuck. All the yeah. way. Fuck. Fuck all, all the way. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. 100%. What um what sound or noise do you love? Um, what sound or noise do I love? It would either be my dog snoring or my niece or nephew laughing. Aw. Mm-hmm. Super cute. What sound or noise do you hate? Hmm. Sound or noise do I hate? Um Oh, I hope somebody's slapping their lips, like like if they're chewing something or for just for whatever reason, lips moving, smacking. Ugh, gross. <laughs> so, super gross. <laughs> what profession other than your own would you like to attempt? I think I would want to be a mortician. Really? Yeah, I don't know why. I just. I've heard my husband actually knows somebody who he used to work with who was a mortician. And some of the things he told him are like really interesting. I don't know if I have the stomach for it or not, Um, but it's super interesting to me. I love that. What profession, (laughs) what profession would you not like to do? Anything in a restaurant. I've done it before and people are really rotten. Yeah. Just over it. Mm Mm-hmm. Interesting. Okay. And lastly, if heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? Oh, that's a big one. Um, <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> welcome. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's see. What would I hope he would say at the pearly gates? Um, I would hope that he told me good job. Yeah. 
I would hope that he told me good job for everything I've been through and for not letting it break me down more um, than it did or for just getting through the, the times that it did and always getting back up. I would hope he would tell me good job. Well, I'm not God or anywhere close, but I'm going to tell you good job. <laughs> Thank you. I think that <laughs> what you've been through sounds like hell on earth and you turned it into something really, really beautiful. And I love that that relationship with your husband stayed intact through all that. I think that's a credit to you and your marriage and your hard work on both of y'all's part. Um, I think it's really beautiful, your relationship with your mom and your son. And I'm just, like I said, I'm really happy to know you. And I'm really excited that you're at the spot that you're at right now. And any way that I can support you, I'm here for you. And um, I just really, really appreciate you. Oh, you're amazing. You too. I feel the same for you. I love everything that you're doing. And I just, I I think it's awesome that you're taking time out of your life to, to bring light to this and do this for others, you know, for me or for the others on your podcast and all the people listening. It's, you know, you said it, it's super important topics and super important people. And that's really, really awesome that you're doing that. I love it. And And same to you, anything I can do to support you or help out, always let me know. Awesome. Well, I appreciate that. And I know we'll be talking soon. <laughs> yes, absolutely. All right. Have an awesome night. You too. I'll talk right. soon. Bye. If you or someone you know is suffering, please have them call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-8255. There is help out there and you are never alone. If you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to subscribe. For more content, follow along at havetheconvo.podcast on Instagram or email me at havetheconvo at gmail.com to share your story. Till next time.